Welcome to another edition of Big Blue Kickoff Live presented by Coors Light right here on Giants.com. John Schmelk, Jeff Fiegel's with you. The phone Hi. number is 201-939-4513 or hashtag Giants Chat on Twitter. If you prefer to discuss things with us that way, we'll check out your tweets over the course of the program. A couple of guests coming your way on today's program from Pro Football Focus. Our buddy Mike Renner will join us in a couple of minutes to go through NFL draft stuff. They do a lot of the... Um, analytics, and they do a lot of the grading for the college prospects, see how their take differs from some of the other folks out there, because a lot of times they have different views. So I think it's kind of good to get a different perspective mm-hmm. from a scout's perspective than people that kind of look at every play, great things out of look at it from more of an analytical perspective. And then our buddy Eric Hansen from the South Bend Tribune, who covers Notre Dame football. We've talked to him every year with the NFL draft. Not quite as many Notre Dame prospects this year, Jeff, but still a number of guys we want to try to get the lowdown on. You just had to put the Notre Dame on with me, didn't you? Miami, Notre Dame kind of thing. Can I ask him about I, that? I, I, you know, I usually always give you Miami. Unfortunately, there are so few Miami prospects this year that there yeah. was nobody to talk to That's about okay. from Miami. Well, we'll talk about Notre Dame, even though they don't have many great people coming out of that program this year. So not like last year. You still hold grudges, huh? Always. Can't stand them. How was your weekend? Wonderful weekend. Good stuff. Good, good basketball. Uh, golfing weather is here, by the way. And um, Did you hit the course? I did yesterday of all. I should, yesterday, no, why'd you go I know, yesterday? I, Saturday I had a lot of stuff going on. And yesterday uh, I'm like, okay, I got to get out there. And it was cold. I mean, it oh, was it cold. Was, was 47 degrees. Sure. But the big one's coming up. April 11th through the 14th, the Masters. So Are you going down there? No, I'm going to watch it right on my butt. Right and <laughs> just watch it during the weekend. So. I, got, I got to play basketball Saturday morning outside for the first time this year. It was nice. beautiful Saturday. I mean, that was it a was, teaser. It was quite lovely. So that So that was a good time. And uh, then yesterday, uh, me and the wife got a babysitter come over. We went to the movies. So that was a good time, too. What did you see? I saw Captain Marvel. Okay, so you did see that. Well, I'm very very excited for the final Avengers movie, and this is kind of the lead-up to it, so we had to make Mm -hmm. sure we got this in before. My son actually texted me yesterday about the final Avenger movie. Is it Tuesday it's coming out? April 26th. Oh, it's the end of the month. Okay. Mm -hmm. All right. So, yeah. But, oh, I know what it was. He has to buy tickets. Oh, they're going on pre-sale tomorrow. See, that I was not aware of. Usually, I rely... See, the problem is that... I would usually try to go see that opening weekend. I'm not necessarily a big opening weekend guy the way I used to be. The problem is that that's draft weekend. So mm. that ain't happening. That's not going to happen. That ain't, that ain't happening. That's right. And, uh, e- sh- and even if you did, you would be in there trying to go, all right, who, 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 they, who they drafting? Who they drafting? <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, we should have hopefully have Mike Renner in a couple of minutes. Uh, until then, why don't we get some of your calls up at 201-939-4513. Until we get Mike, we'll try to take some of your calls, talk some Giants football, talk some Giants draft. Uh, the one interesting piece of news from over the weekend, Jeff, is one of the Cardinal Beat guys, who's one of the better Cardinal Beat guys out there, actually tweeted that as far as he knows, they're looking to not draft Kyler Murray with the first overall pick. Yeah, now, I did read that. This yeah. could be just a big smoke screen. Uh, of course, either way, it could be a big smoke screen. Maybe they're trying to get somebody to, to offer a trade to move up uh, to use that pick. So who knows? We'll see. But that's kind of where it is with the Cardinals. At some point, Charles Robinson, I thought a good article this morning from Yahoo, who says he thinks on April 8th when the Cardinals open up their offseason program, whether Josh Rosen's going to be there is a pretty big indicator as to what they're looking to do with the quarterback position. Because if they're looking to move him, he's on the block. Mm-hmm. Is he going to show up? Well, and it, so we'll see. And they, they moved their, their offseason conditioning program back a week because maybe this is kind of why that what's going on here could be a, a little bit of a sign. Well, you know, remember, if you have a new coach, you're allowed to start your offseason program earlier. Sure. So the Browns, for example, because Freddie Kitchens is, yeah. is technically a new head coach, they started today, and you saw Odell Beckham Jr. was there. You have to then, though, take a week off at some point during your offseason program. The Cardinals opted to start next week but not take that week off mm-hmm. somewhere in the middle of the program. So, okay. so that's why they're starting a couple weeks earlier than the Giants. Exactly. You get a new coach. You got a new – yeah. So, um, you know, you look at last year with the Giants, they, they had a – didn't they – same situation, right? They could come in a week earlier, did they? I can't remember. Yeah, they did. Yeah. I think they did. Yeah. That's interesting. I didn't I know that they had to take a week off, but – um, you know what? As a player, I will tell you that that time – back when I was playing, it was different. Um, it was a little bit earlier. It was actually a 16-week program mm. back then until the new CBA came along and they eliminated that. But um, And, you know, it's fine. You had to start working out, and by the time – it was it was March when it started. And by that time, you were ready. You're kind of like – you know, you're a little antsy to get back into it, and it was kind of – it was good. And people – you know, you get, you get back into – 
into the swing of things. You start working out, you get sore again, but it is the start, and you kind of know that you're you're getting you're getting close to the season again, which is kind of cool. All right, let's get to the phones at 201-939-4513. Finley in Louisiana will lead us off. What's up, Finley? Hi. Uh, yeah. The question, really, I want to know, like, with everything that's been going on as far as, like, the transfer, you know, no, what are decisions that have been made, mm-hmm. and with all the talk up around, circling around David, Dave Gettleman and Pat Shermer from all these sports analysts like Shannon Sharp and, you know, Stephanie Smith, mm-hmm. I really want to know, should we still be confident that, we, that the Giants will have, like, somewhat of a successful season? Because I know that I know Dave Gettleman was saying that we can we can win and still rebuild, but given the type of numbers that Eli's been putting up, you know, should we still be confident that we would have somewhat of a successful season? Well, let me ask you this question first. I'm going to give you a um, hypothetical season from Eli Manning, and let me tell you if you'd be happy with that this year. If Eli Manning completes 66 percent of his passes for 4,300 yards. And 21 touchdowns and just 11 interceptions. Would you consider that a really good year for Eli Manning in 2019? Um, at his age, now remember, 66% and 4,300 yards. Right. I mean, that you could you could somewhat consider that successful, but at the same time, you know, you gotta. I want. We'd also have to look at. What's going? Well, we also have to look at what everybody else is doing. Well, no, that, that well, and Philly, you're right. But by the way, those are Eli Manning's numbers last year. Just, just FYI for people that are you know right, right, very right. down well, on his numbers. I mean, but so, no, true. but you're right. To me, the, to me, Finley, the big question is the defense. And between now and the start of the year, can the Giants figure out a way to get a competent defense on the field with their draft picks? And maybe they do something in the second or third wave of free agency. We'll see. But can they do enough defensively? to get the stops that they need because they lost Olivier Vernon or they traded Olivier Vernon. They lost Landon Collins. Can I mean, they get the stops on defense? Well, that there, to me is the question. There's, there's going to be where your rebuild is. Yeah. I mean, the offense yeah, is not I, a lot I, of rebuilding to do. You. I agree with you. Because I, 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 I could remember, I don't know if it was, I think it was two years ago when the Giants made the playoffs and they played Green Bay. The um, the We oh, basically yeah. gave Aaron Rodgers enough time to make a sandwich, watch TV, all type of stuff going <laughs> on back there. Hmm. So I, I mean, I could I could definitely I could definitely uh, say that, but at the same time, though, I still feel like I still feel as if the quarterback, um, the quarterback position is still a big concern because you know Eli's still getting Eli still get, Eli's getting up in age. Man, he, you know he's about I think he's what thirty nine or forty. Yep, thirty eight. So, yeah, he's thirty eight. He's going to be thirty nine this year. So I mean, my question is, you know, I, I you know another. That's something that I feel like we should still be concerned about going into the future. No, you Finley, know? you're right. They are. I mean, Dave Gettleman made it very clear this offseason. He said it at the Combine, and then he said it again on a conference call with reporters a couple weeks later, that it is on the top of his priority list to find the next Giants franchise quarterback. He would like it to be this year, Pat Shermer said, better sooner than later. The question is, will they be presented the opportunity to draft that guy when they select, and do they believe the guy that's going to be available to them is the next franchise guy? If they believe that, they are going to select that player. I promise you that. They will. They yeah. understand if how they important believe. it is, but I don't know how the draft is going to play out and what they're going to uh, eventually think of the guys that will be on the board for them. All right. I got you. I got you. Mm-hmm. Hang in there. Thank you, Finley. <laughs> no problem, man. Y'all have a good one. Appreciate you, it. you too, man. I mean, I really think that the rebuild, like we said, I, I, I think that the rebuild – when you look offensively, you know, there's not a whole lot of rebuild that needs to go. There's a couple of positions, but the rebuild more is going to come from that defense at every level. Right. So that's kind of where I think Gettleman says, you know, we can still win while we're rebuilding. Well, you hope so. Um, that defense is going to have to play pretty darn good to, to win some games because they, they need help. Folks, we'll see if we get Mike Renner from Pro Football Focus. Uh, in the meantime, get on the line. We'll take your calls. We have Eric Hansen from... Uh, the South Bend Tribune covers Notre Dame football at 1230, so it'll be us with you on the phones until then. 201-939-4513, the draft, free agency, trades, you name it, whatever. Give us a call. We'll talk some Giants football with you. Um, so, Jeff, I think there are a couple interesting things here with the draft that I've been going through in my head, and I think, at least in my opinion, one of the things that I think we've short shrifted a little bit on the show with all the focus on the uh, right tackle and, and, and the defensive line, 
I think one really big need that the Giants are going to have to address in this draft one way or the other is cornerback. Because mm-hmm. right now you have Janoris Jenkins. I don't think we have any idea who the second cornerback's going to be. B.W. Webb's not here anymore. He was a starter last year. Grant Haley played slot last year. He wasn't an outside corner. Uh, you think Sam Beal can step in and do it. He was our supplemental pick last year. Oh. But I can't imagine they're going to want to hand the kid that's never played an NFL snap a job. So uh, they're going to have to do something at corner here to give them a little bit more depth heading into next year. And I wouldn't be surprised if, it, if a corner is a day one or day two pick. I think that's how big the need is. Well, I mean, Charles Davis, we asked him kind of a little bit about that, and he mentioned greedy. So, I mean, maybe oh. that's where... The Giants go. I, I, it would not surprise me. You're right. If that's if that's the situation, so um, it, it just depends. But you know, really, when you look at that cornerback position, there isn't a lot of depth there. And you're right. We we we've kind of haven't talked much about that because it's 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 exciting to talk about the other things. But you know, they didn't they didn't really address it in free agency other than the safety position. But uh, that's yeah. So we'll see what happens. 201-939-4513. Back to the lines. Matt is in Newark. He's on Big Blue Kickoff Live. What's up, Matt? Hi, Matt. How are you? Thanks for taking my call. Thanks sure. for calling in, buddy. Uh, I just had a, um, my thoughts of the first three picks in the draft. I just want to see if, uh, you know, get your opinion. I'll take it off air. Sure, go ahead. Um, if the Giants don't see that their quarterback is in the, in the you know, first or second, I would prefer that at number six they get the top uh, edge rusher at 17, uh Either another rush rusher or right tackle, depending on which one um, they see would be of most value. And the second round, get the other one of those, either edge rusher or tackle. And um, third round, at either cornerback or um, or safety. And uh, thanks for taking my call. I appreciate it. Thanks for the call. I will before I comment on your formula. I think it's a dangerous thing to say, let's get this position here, let's get that position there, and this position here. You're not drafting positions, you're drafting individual players. So I think it's very important to not fall into the hole that, oh, well, this is such a big need, we need to pick an edge rusher at this spot, then we need to take this player at this position at that spot. That's how you pick bad players, and we've seen that happen here before, okay? So be careful doing that. That being said, I think based on how this draft is going to play out, Jeff, I think that's a fairly realistic yeah. type of scenario. Yeah. Would you be surprised if there are two edge rushers in the first three picks? The first, the Giants are the first three picks in the draft. No, the Giants' first three picks. The they pick at six, seventeen, and then thirty-seven. Yeah, would you, would be, you be I, surprised if they draft two edge rushers in their first three selections? That's a good question because that six and seventeen are very close, and they're so. Um, I, I wouldn't. It would not shock me. I think I would be mildly surprised. But knowing how Dave Gettleman likes to build from the inside out, it would not. It would not like blow me away. We haven't heard much mentioned about a, a right tackle, in you know, with the Giants, and maybe that's where they'll go before. But I, you know. I'm going to say no. And we'll see. They can I'm, always still add a veteran right tackle at some point for agency, which I would expect them to at some point. But, yeah, I, look, I think edge, right tackle, corner. Those are your three big corner. needs. And, and, uh, corner. And, and, and do I, well, yeah, I've said corner, not quarter, but quarter two. Yeah. Quarter, corner, edge, <laughs> right tackle. And then where do you slide linebacker and safety in there? Because they signed Antoine Bethea, but he's an older player. He's not going to play here forever. Well, I think safety is and, and then you have linebacker too. So how do you kind of slot those in with the rest of the positions there? I got to believe that they go they go safety before linebacker because of depth and age because Bethea is not going to be around here for, you know, four years. You, you know, need to start building the depth in that. You've seen what happened. Mm, sure. It's been it's been miserable back there other than Landon Collins finding these safeties. So and it is a reasonably deep safety class. That's and that's a good thing. And I and I think that I, I think that they would it would behoove them to go there before they went for a linebacker. Before linebacker. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you you're you're happy or satisfied maybe is the right word with Ogletree and Goodson for this year. I am. Even though yep. you know you're going to have to well, make a decision on those guys moving yeah. ahead. Yep. Yep. I am. 201-939-4513. Back to the phones. Let's go to Aaron in Rochester. He's up next. Hey, Aaron. Hey, how you doing, going, guys? How y'all doing? We're Good. great, Aaron. What's up, pal? 
Um, I just had two things. One, okay. I wanted to say uh, thank you for the, for, the, for us getting go to take because I was listening to one time when y'all when you and Lance was talking about go to take and y'all at first you was like you was you was like us to get him but then uh, I think it was what you call that said him and Shepard plays the same and then soon as I was about to um, listen to y'all uh, like a split second. My nephew calls me and he's like, "Hey, we got go to take." I said, "You know what? I was just listening to it." So that was crazy. But my yeah. other thing I, I and, and, and Aaron, so. by the way, real quick, just FYI, I did more work on tape because he kind of got labeled as a quote unquote slot guy. Mm-hmm. And then I yeah. went back and I looked. His three out of his four years in Seattle, he actually played outside more than he played in the slot. And two of his years in Detroit, he actually played outside more than he did in the slot. So when I said that, honestly, I was mistaken. I was wrong. He has plenty yeah. of experience outside, so I think they can balance him and Shepard well. And either yeah. one of those guys can move in or out now, and they can use as, as on correct. a little bit of a rotational basis. Yep. Yeah, I was just saying it was like what a coincidence yeah. when I was listening yep. to it. And soon right after Lance has said, I don't know what would work because they both the same. My nephew calls me. <laughs> so that's what I said. But, um, that's you're going to like him. Right. I tell you what, Giants fans are going to like Golden Tate. They, You, you are going to fall in love with this guy. His work ethic, he's a, he's he's a tough, guy, tough dude. Yeah. He runs yeah. great routes, good hands, and I think he's mm-hmm. a good locker room guy. And he's good after the catch, too. Yeah. What yeah, else you got, Aaron? And um, my other thing was uh, DK Metcalf and A.J. Brown. Who who is Who's who selling you think is higher um, because they both was on the same team, correct? On the same uh, college team, correct? Right? Uh, no, D- DJ Metcalf was Ole Miss. Um, was AJ Brown? I, I have not done my AJ Brown work yet. It's actually on my list for this week. I have not oh, done okay. my. I have not. Done, that's okay. I have not done my deep dive on receivers yet. Yeah, yeah, both of them were Ole Miss. Uh, it's funny when you look at upside for these guys, and I've done a little reading on AJ Brown. I've not watched his tape yet. A.J. Brown, to me, is the better all-around receiver. He can run more routes. He can do a little bit of everything. While D.K. Metcalf, to me, is more of your straight-ahead, downfield yeah. speed guy. His his scores on his agility drill scare me a little bit, coming in out of breaks and that exactly. sort of thing. So, uh, honestly, if I had to choose, I think it depends on what you're looking for. If you want the deep threat that's going to beat guys at, at, at the high point, I, I, th- I think you go for Metcalf. But, again, he has injuries, too. Uh, if you're looking for a more all-around guy, I think you're looking at AJ Brown. Brown, and and one quick thing on on Mecca is if you had to compare him to Plexico, was Plexico a better route runner than he was, or you would you say they both was about like the same? Plexico versus Metcalf or Brown? Both um, Metcalf and and, and uh, Plexico Metcalf. Um, well, honestly, I don't remember what the scouting report on Burris was coming out of school. If you're looking okay. at Burris as a giant, he was certainly a better route runner than, than Metcalf was, about. yes. Thank you, guys. Yep. Yep, no problem. Appreciate the call, man. Good stuff. And and I've not gone to wide receivers yet, folks. I apologize. I, I'm, I'm trying to churn through some of the colleges that we're doing on the show. Yeah. So I watched Tillery and Love this morning. Um, but I have corners and wide receivers on my next two groups I'm trying to get to, so I should get to them this week. Yeah, I'm behind. Right. Unfortunately, when the Giants upheaval their whole roster and free agency for two weeks, <laughs> I got busy and I couldn't watch my college tape, which was very frustrating. I had to watch the tape on all the new free agents the Giants brought in, but I, I plan on catching back <clears> up this week. You know, one, one thing, too, that um, I read about today was that, you know, the Giants, they're just going to start bringing in these players from the draft. They get 30, 30 uh, visits. Yeah, and those are and those are important visits, too. I mean, guys get themselves drafted based on what they do in these, mm-hmm. you know, team visits. Yeah. It really is that important. So it, it's just something to keep an eye on, especially with the quarterbacks. Yep. And, you know, of course, we, we won't get a lot of information out of these meetings publicly. No, we will not. Um, but you, at least you, you'll get a little bit of wind of who's here. And there's some big names on those lists, so that's that's a good thing. And you're right; it well, just depends on how you how you perform in these meetings. Yeah, and it's trickier for the Giants too, because a lot of times you can kind of work these meetings because you know where you're selecting and you have a pretty good idea of what players are going to be available. But with the Giants having two first round picks at six and seventeen, and then picking again at thirty seven, you're looking at two completely different tiers of players for those picks. So, I mean. I don't know if there's anybody I can even say besides, you know, maybe the top two or three players, four players in the draft. I mean, anybody could be available mm-hmm. at those spots that you might be interested in. At 6, 17, and 37, they're just spread out so well that there's nobody that you can say, well, we're not going to have a chance to draft that guy. Yeah, you probably are. 
I mean, what happens if all of a sudden at 37 that they're, they're the best running back is still available in the draft? Well, I don't know about running back. But, okay, so what I'm saying is that, that then you're right. going to have to uh, you have to go away from that theory. And, and, by, the <laughs> way, and by the way, he might be. I, yeah, I the mean, kid the, from Alabama might yeah, still be the there at 37. Yeah. But who knows? That's why I kind of went there because no, I know I'm he's the you. number one guy. But, yeah, I mean, so you gotta you got to bring in a lot of people. You're going to have to really do your due diligence on this stuff. And it's kind of funny. I, I, I read yesterday about there's some – I can't, now I'm trying to remember who the coach was. I think it might have been uh, John Harbaugh was mm-hmm. like, you know, the draft should be earlier. I mean, this thing is just just strung out so long. Well, ideally, Jeff, and I think – and I was talking to – I think I was talking to – I was talking to somebody up here in the front office about this, and I asked him, in your ideal world, right, the draft would come before for agency, right? And they said – Absolutely. Yeah, there's no because question. you want to draft your players, just pick the best guy, and then you fill your holes in free agency afterwards. That's the way the NBA does it. But the players' association will never do that. No, <laughs> they were the players first. College guys, you can wait your turn. That yes. is that 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 is correct. <laughs> exactly what's two zero one nine three nine four five one three. Ben and Manalapin is up next. Hey Ben. Hey, how you doing? I want to run a couple of things by you. First run off, em. no quarterbacks, uh, especially not in the first four picks. In my book, the first four picks have to be two defensive linemen, uh, an offensive tackle, and a, and a linebacker or a cornerback, depending on how you have them rated on your big board. Uh, and the last thing I want to ask you about, and I'll get off the line and listen, is I, I read where uh, Ed Oliver had a faster time than Shaquan Barkley. What do, what do you know about Ed Oliver? Ed Oliver, and, and thank you a lot for the call, Ben. I appreciate it, and I think you have your positions right. But, again, I would caution you not to marry yourself to positions. It depends what players are there. Sure. Right. Um, well, we Ed, talked about Ed Oliver on Friday. We did. With, by the way, if you guys have time, go back. We interviewed both Dan Orlovsky and Charles Davis on Friday's Big Blue kickoff. It was an unbelievable show. Dan did all the quarterbacks. Charles did everybody else. And it was mm-hmm. really just an hour of great draft talks. So make sure you go back, check out the archive, and make sure you check that out. Um, but in terms of Ed Oliver – He's a great athlete. I mean, he's a guy with one of the best first steps in the draft. He plays light at 280. Um, he's a three technique, ideally. At, at Houston, they played him more in nose, which I think was a mistake. When he was at, at three technique, he was a lot more productive. Uh, you know, people want to slap the Aaron Donald label on him. You know, the Aaron Donalds don't come along very often. So I think we should t- pump the brakes on that a little bit. But he's a real good player. I'm not saying he's going to be the pick at six, but I'm sure the Giants are going to do all their due diligence and he'll be in the conversation along with all the other rushers we talked about, whether it's Rashawn Gary, who, again, I'm a little leery of. But then, you know, obviously you have the Montez Sweats, the Brian Burns, the Cleveland Ferrells, uh, go to the offensive tackles, Juwan Taylor, Jonah Williams, whatever. He's going to be right in the mix talking about those guys. And frankly, there's a shot that he goes off the board of four to Oakland. That would not surprise me, or five to Tampa Bay, depending if they still have Gerald McCoy. So those are the types of things that – you have to worry about that, Oliver. His motor maybe didn't run as hot this year. He didn't have the production he had in past years in, in his final year of college, but he is one heck of an athlete, even yeah. if the numbers don't show. And he will run people down. I mean, you look at his tape if you had a chance. We talked about t- with Charles Davis, and he had mentioned that the year before, you look at that tape, he's all over the place. Yeah. The, this year, eh, maybe it was you know trying to play where he wasn't going to get hurt and just kind of. But he's he's a special player. And his draft stock has come up. And, jo- and Charles Davis, by the way, compare him to one of your former teammates, John Randall. That's right. Yeah, and, and we said, and I had mentioned if he has a motor like John Randall, and he said, oh, he's got a motor, all right. So he's an interesting guy to look at. That definitely will be there, will not be there in the top probably 15 picks of the draft. Yeah, Mike, if he's there at 17, you run to the podium and you hand in the card, I can't imagine he's dropping yeah, no. that far. 201-939-4513. Jimmy in Rose Hill is up next. Hey, Jimmy. Hi, Jimmy. Hey, guys. How are you? Yes. Uh, just uh, one question, but w- one comment first. Sure. Uh, as far as the draft is concerned, somebody said earlier, two edges and maybe then either a tackle or a corner, and I agree. The guy, I think if the Giants are really, really serious in finding a guy that could potentially be a dynamite pass rusher, and I think it's Burns. <laughs> I think that guy is – I think he's just got the makings of being, a, you know, a superstar. Now, Jimmy, but you know anyway, what? I, Jimmy, and I agree. I, Burns I, and Farrell and mm-hmm. then either a, you know, a guy like uh, – the right tackle out of West Virginia might be there. The guys at, at uh, the Draft Networks, I've done some mocks on that, and the kid uh, Reisner may even be there at 37. He so could be, yep. if they can get two edges and a right tackle or two edges and a, and a good cornerback, I think we're good. Uh, look, I think that's fair. The thing about Burns is that I wonder if you can roll the dice and hope he's still sitting there at 17. 
I don't. No, th- I no, don't no. think he no, will be. I don't think so, John. I don't think he will be. But no. I, I, I believe it this at, way. I'd go for him at six, but that's just me. That's just me. Mm-hmm. Can I ask you a, a question though sure. about the draft? Uh, and John, you would. I think you would actually posted something on this, but on, on Twitter or whatever. Yeah. But how deep is this draft? I know the guys you had during that. You know, when you had a lot of your draft experts during the combine. They said there might only be 15 to maybe 17 really first-round grades. But after yeah. that, mm-hmm. I mean, you know, when you go into four and into rounds five, um, how deep is that draft? And, and depending upon how the Giants view that depth or lack of, that, would that influence what they may do with all of these picks, you know, in four and in five in terms yeah. of trying to package them to to get out of there and either for next year yeah. or to try to move up into this year. Jimmy, thanks for the call. And, yeah, right. sure, sure as heck it will influence it. If they think that the players that are coming around in the fourth round aren't that much different than players in the third round, then you keep your picks and you make them. Mm. If you think that there's a huge drop-off after pick 100, for example, and you move your rear end up and you go get back into the third round. I've heard different people say different things. A couple of the guys from the Draft Network who you mentioned, they do a great job with their mock draft tool online. You know, they have Kyle Krabs said after 100, he struggled. I've heard other people say you're getting to 125 or 130 in this draft and you're fine. So I think the cutoff there is somewhere very end of the third round, middle to end of the fourth, and that's kind of where the cutoff in this draft is going to be. See, I, I'm I'm in the I I would like if I have a lot of those picks in the fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh rounds, I'm I'm giving them away to move up to try to get into that top hundred. Maybe fifth, give me five picks. Fifth, sixth, and seventh, sure. I wouldn't give away fourth rounders just to move just for the sake of moving up a few spots. I would give if, if away you, the fourth rounder if I had to get somebody that I needed to. Well, that's true. If yeah. somebody's sitting there that you love, do what you got to do sure. in the third round because yeah. there can be a cliff there. Where you go from, oh, this guy can come in and start to, and we hope yeah. he can develop and well, something. Well, it sounds like there is a cliff at 125, maybe, maybe. 120. Heck, or maybe it's earlier. I, I think it depends on the team. But I think his comment that there's 15 to 17 true first-round grades, I think that's probably right. I think yeah. that's accurate. And and of those, they are very defensively heavy on, on the offense or defense this year. It's a defensively heavy draft okay. early. And then... Like we said, it just kind of drops off a little bit. Perfect. All right, let's go to Charlie in Portland, Maine. We'll squeeze him in McGuire-Panson. Let's go, Charlie. Yeah, Matt, we can bring him up. There we go. Thank you. Appreciate it. Charlie, what's going on, pal? Hey, John. Hey, Jeff. Hey, Jeff, you must be pretty happy that... I'm already Lex, I'm always happy, Charlie. <laughs> that Lex Luthor, the punter, is retiring because he won't be able to catch you. Oh, that's right. Um, uh, Leckler. Is, oh, yeah, uh, is, yeah. Yep. yeah. Good. I am. I'm happy for that. <laughs> Jeff wrote him a, a check. great career. Yeah, I wrote him a yeah, check. Yeah, because he was behind you in uh, kicking inside the 20, okay. so he won't be able to catch you so now. Check him off the list. Get him out <laughs> of there. That's right. He's yeah. done. There's nobody else, Jeff. You got it. You should be in the Hall of Fame. Oh, no thank doubt, you. Man. All right. Thank you. Oh, just <laughs> buttering him up. Jeez. Hey, I made the ballot this year. That was close enough, right? Hey, did you? Yes, I did. Good. That was because I probably wrote them a letter, and they probably saw that. So. <laughs> wow, they actually read read stuff from you, Charlie. Charlie's your advocate, me. Jeff. I don't think that's the best move yeah. for your candidacy. Yeah, but he's got they, a lot of friends, right? Me. They didn't block me, so that's good. All right, Charlie, hey, real quick, get to your point. Yep. I, I put a poll question out there. John, I saw you put a poll question about the Knicks. So uh, I, did. I said, oh, my God, that's what that little thing is for. So I did a poll question. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> and the poll question was, would you have traded OBJ? And right now, the uh, it's overwhelmingly about seventy-five votes. No, so I just wanted to let you guys know that. I appreciate from that, Giant Charlie. Nation. Thank you, buddy. All right. Is that all you got for me? How many were four? <laughs> hey, look, I think this is what's going to happen in the draft. All right, real quick, real quick. Yeah, we're going to go defense. We're going to go offensive line, and then we're going to trade for Rosen in the second round and get a quarterback, and then we're going to. Trade up, and we're not going to. They're not going to pay twelve picks. They're going to end up with about eight. I think that's fair. Thank you, Charlie. And okay, if, and if, and if the Giants walk away with picking the best edge rusher at six, the best right tackle at seventeen, then they use a second round pick to in a potential trade for Josh Rosen. If the Cardinals do that, I will sign on the ledger for that. Right that now. would be pretty successful in where, my opinion. Where and you know yeah. what? If you have to give up a four or five in addition to that two to get Rosen, okay, it's fine. I mean, listen, I, we keep saying go back to Fridays show because Charles Davis and 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 Orlowski, I mean 
they hit it out of the park as far as talking. Well, especially the quarterback stuff. I mean, some of the things that were, that um, Dan, Dan was saying, saying yeah. about Rosen was incredible. And so, you know, he was excited. I actually asked him the question, would you trade for Rosen or would you take one of the guys in the draft this year? He said, and there's no question in my mind I would trade for Rosen. In Except a for Murray. He, he likes Murray. Except for Murray. Correct. Yeah, yes. he really does like Murray. All so. right, let's get to our next guest. He's Eric Hansen. He covers Notre Dame football for the South Bend Tribune. Eric, I think this is year four or five that you've joined us on Big Blue Kickoff Live. How are you today, man? Hi, Eric. I'm doing great and honored to be a part of uh, what – is turning into something annual, I guess. Yes. Absolutely, and we have a great time having you on. And usually I get a little excited. I can ask you a bunch of offensive line prospects, but this year Notre Dame's not sending any offensive linemen to the pros. What happened to the pipeline, Eric? <laughs> well, there well, there will be one. maybe one or Alex. two. I mean, Alex Barr's got hurt in the middle of the year, if you remember. And yep. I would say he probably would have been a, a higher draft pick, maybe second round or third round because of his – two torn knee ligaments that's going to drop him a little bit but he's a pretty good prospect and then their center was not invited to the combine sam musterford but i think he's going to make somebody's roster as a undrafted free agent but there's a lot of good ones still on campus and that's that's a good thing for notre dame they don't want to send them all to the nfl (laughs) absolutely not Uh, i think your top prospect and i know some people might disagree is Jerry Tillery. Uh, I watched about four or five games uh, of his, Eric, this morning in preparation for this, and he seems like your classic, super athletic, three technique that's going to one-gap, penetrate, get in the backfield, and that's really the type of player that these NFL defensive coordinators are craving to get interior pressure on the quarterback. Yeah, I would say he would be the top prospect. I, I think there's some people that'll love him because he's six foot seven and he moves like somebody that's shorter than that just has a really good burst he played about two-thirds of the season with a shoulder injury last year and that's why you saw maybe his numbers fall off a little bit toward the end of the season he had surgery after the combine uh but he's a really unique athlete um in just the way he he moves you could you could kick him out to end if you needed to he's played nose guard so he's got some uh scheme flexibility I think the knock on Jerry with with people that evaluate the draft is, does he love football enough? And and that's what he's had to try to convince teams because he's a guy with a lot of interest. He likes to study literature, and he likes to go to foreign countries, and he likes a lot of things outside of football, which I think most people would kind of embrace. But, but with it being the NFL, you want to make sure that he really has a passion. But I think when it comes to draft time, I think enough people will be convinced that he's serious about his football. Well, I'll tell you what. You can go play football for a few years and be able to pay for a lot of those trips you want to take. Yeah, you know? that's true. <laughs> that would be good. I mean, it's, it's tough for – I think it's going to be tough for Jerry because of the fact that this draft is so heavily when it comes to defensive tackles and defensive yeah. linemen. So, he's you know, he's going to get pushed down a little bit. But I believe that some team's going to get – is going to find a nice player – because uh, I, I've watched him play football. He's he's he, I can't believe you know he he's huge. He's almost like Chris Canty yeah. size. Yeah, sure. Um, and you know you look at him on tape and he's just like wow, this guy's a big big boy. And plus, like you said, he moves a little quicker than he is six seven. But um, we'll see what happens with him. Talk a little bit about kind of in your mind uh, who the next guy is. You think that either one will surprise some people uh, because of his. Uh, the way that he did things at the draft, or excuse me, at the combine, or who's your guy that you're, you're kind of looking at maybe he's going to come out in this draft that people are going to be surprised about? Well, well I, I would think the next guy off the board, and, and I think he's going to play better than maybe what his draft projection is, is Julian Love, the cornerback. Mm-hmm. Um, ran kind of slow at the uh, combine and ran a little bit faster on pro day, but you know, it's hand time versus electronic time. So is it really that much faster? And we kind of knew that he would not, you know, tear it up with his 40 time. But the thing is, the guy can flat out play football. He, he's a true junior coming out early. Um, he is about 5'11", about 195. He was first team All-American, a consensus All-American. He can play inside. He can play outside. He could play safety. He did all those things at, at Notre Dame. And, and when they were playing Clemson in the semifinal, you know, Clemson went on a big run when he was on the sideline with, with a, 
injury. He came back in the second half, and they had been buried by that point. I thought he was Notre Dame's best overall player last year at the college level. I would have voted him MVP. Wow. I think he's that good. So I think he'll probably get drafted in the second or third round, and he'll play above that level. Yeah, Eric, you know what? I, I watched him this morning, too, and I, I thought he was great. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you guys played man, and he, he did press coverage, which, frankly, you don't see a lot of kids do anymore at the college level. I saw him play zone break on the ball well. And what I really liked about him, he goes up and tackles. He's not shy. I saw yeah. him I saw him uh, yeah. be, beat a double team to make a tackle on a screen pass at, like, the three or four-yard line. Uh, there are some really, really nice plays where he's willing to put his little head in there and, and do some damage tackle on a, a much bigger ball carrier. Yeah, he is a real sure tackler, really good against the run. You know, sometimes when you see those high tackle totals for cornerbacks, you get a little nervous because you think, well, they're just tackling guys that are making catches on them down the field. He's he's really got good ball skills. He returned a lot of uh, his interceptions for touchdowns. He had a lot of uh, fumble recoveries. He's just always around the ball. Uh, a really good player and a really good guy. So whoever gets him is going to get uh, the whole package. I really like Julian Love. Did did he play inside a lot? Because the games I watched, he was primarily outside. When did? How often did you see him actually play in there in the slot? Probably about a quarter of the time. Okay. They did not have. I mean, he was their best inside guy, but they needed him on the outside. But against certain teams, if they had a elite slot receiver and were kind of average on outside, like the Northwestern game is a game where he played a lot of of the nickel. Then uh, that was a game. But he was certainly Notre Dame's best inside uh, defender. He has that skill set. I I almost think that that's what some teams like him at in the pros. So if you – maybe the Northwestern game would be a good one to look at Mm. if you want to see what his skill set looks like there. What about Tavon? Is it Tavon? Is that how you pronounce it? Tavon Coney? Tavon Coney. There, I got the name right, Joe. Yeah, he's interesting. Um, I mean, such a great kind of downhill-type linebacker. I think, you know, 10 or 15 years ago, his he would be much more coveted. Uh, but the way the game is played now, he has to cover a lot of space. And last year was the first year. A big reason why he came back for a senior year was to develop that skill set when he was a junior they took him off the field on third down Mm. last year he stayed on the field and he was okay um but i you know it's an area where he has to improve when when notre dame had its pro day drew tranquil was the other inside linebacker for notre dame and he's the former safety and and drew's Testing numbers were all better than Tavon, and certainly in the drills there was a big gap when you looked at those two. I think Drew is the definitely the most underrated prospect of Notre Dame's. Uh, so, again, I think teams will love Coney if they think he can be a three-down linebacker, if they think he can be a two-down linebacker, then I think that pushes him down. I, um, but, I mean, amazing, great tackler, gets in the backfield, causes havoc. But I think Drew Tranquil of those two is the more complete player would for, he, would, for, for the next level. And you said that Drew played safety. Would he translate more of, of to a safety in the NFL, or do you think he'll stay at linebacker? I think he'll stay at linebacker. I mean, he's 6'2", 234 now. Okay. Uh, yeah, that's he a ran a 4.58 yeah. at the combine, which for a linebacker is pretty good. Sure. I mean, all his testing numbers are really good. You know, I think the concern with him – is his medicals, and and it's been a while. He missed two complete seasons. He tore each of his ACLs ooh, ooh. his first two years at Notre Dame, then came back, played safety a year. They moved him to what they call a rover. Mm-hmm. Uh, his uh, In 2017, he was outstanding there. And then they moved him to inside linebacker, and the transitions were seamless when he made those position switches. But, I mean – some of his stats are suppressed because he was so good in coverage, people just didn't throw at him. Um, so that's why you didn't see maybe more interceptions or so forth because he just was so good at coverage that they looked elsewhere. We're joined by Eric Hansen, covers Notre Dame football for the South Bend Tribune. I want to go to a guy who 
I think universally at the Combine, I'll say Eric really surprised some people. I don't think people thought Miles Boykin was going to show up in Indianapolis and run the heck out of the place and just be dominant in all the drills because people didn't think it showed up on tape. Are you surprised that he tested as well as he did? And, and if so, why? Or if so, why not? I am surprised. Even though Brian Kelly, you know, every once in a while would give us little tidbits of what somebody did in their testing, I knew he had a really good first 10-yard burst. And, and, he, and this was his first year as a starter, and he was productive. He was Notre Dame's leading receiver. But you didn't see the separation yep. that you would expect for a guy that runs a 4 4 has a 43-and-a-half-inch vertical leap. And so it didn't translate to his game. So you kind of scratch your head and say, why is that? I think some of it is he only was a starter for one year. And I think optimistically you could say his best football is ahead of him. And, and I guess that's what I want to believe. But if I'm an NFL team, I'm a little bit hesitant about that. You know, why didn't that show up more? He had a quarterback that was extremely accurate that could get him the ball. You know, why did he have trouble separating against elite corners when he played them? And, and that would be the question I would ask. But I mean, again, this is a really good kid. Um, he went from being a part-time player to Notre Dame's leading receiver in one year. Uh, but I wouldn't draft him high. I would definitely take him, but I wouldn't take him second or third round. I'd, yeah. I'd see if he was there fourth round or later, and then you may get a real bargain. Yeah, I'm with you on that one. So uh, switch to running backs here. So Dexter Williams, talk a little bit about him, where you think he's going to fall in the draft. Obviously, he's not a big running back class this year. Um, so what do you see about him coming out this year? Well, Dexter's one of the favorite, my favorite players that I've ever covered. Oh, um, wow. And this is why. He was kind of a disappointment for three years. Um, had trouble staying healthy, just wasn't a very complete running back. Uh, and, and he had some good people in front of him. But um, he ended up getting suspended for the first four games of this season, and I thought he'd probably pack it in and go somewhere else. And his mom has a couple of terminal illnesses, and he found about the second terminal illness right about the time uh, he got suspended. Mm -hmm. And he decided that he was going to do, you know, turn his life around. She actually came up and moved in with him while he was suspended him, with him, even went to class some days with him, cooked the meals. Um, and he had an amazing senior season. Now, as far as the pro level, um, you know, Dexter still isn't that great well-rounded back. I, You know, he's getting better at catching the ball. He's getting better at blitz pickup and things like that. He can run away from people, even with not a real impressive 40 time. He was very impressive in all his other testing. Um, and I think part of his 40 was he just not very good at you know, getting down in a starter's position and bursting out there. Mm -hmm. But he, he runs away from defenses. I like him a lot. Um, but again, in the pro game, is he versatile enough? And I think that's where some people won't love him is that, you know, they look at other guys that are, you know, as good a running back as him and they're just better receivers. That's fair, Eric. Anybody else that you think we should really be keeping an eye on? Come draft season, maybe some sleepers. I know you got Matt coming out the tight end, a couple of specialists that people like too. Uh, anyone else from Notre Dame that you think we should be keeping our eyes on? Well, uh, Matt is an interesting guy because he's, you know, he was allegedly the best tight end in the country coming out of Las Vegas his senior year hmm. and never really played like that at Notre Dame. There's a kid that's on the team now that I think is going to be better than him, Cole Komet who also plays baseball. Um, but Alizé certainly has it in him. He had his best, most consistent season this year. And yet, you know, like at Pro Day, you'd see him make a spectacular one-handed catch and on the next play drop one in the end zone that was right in his hands. And so if he can solve, you know, if he can kind of get out of his own way, he's, he's a good enough athlete to be a very good NFL player. But again, you know, I don't. I wouldn't love him in, until the late rounds. Then, mm. then I think he makes sense for some teams. Mike, let me ask you a question. Outside of the, just real quickly, outside of the draft, 
I don't know how long you've been at, over there with Notre Dame, but when we the Giants just had signed Golden Tate. I'm just curious what your thought lot thoughts are about Golden Tate and what we're going to see out, out of him coming to the Giants. I love Golden Tate. Um, I mean, he's a fun guy for you guys to cover. He'll be a lot of fun. Um, I mean, he's got speed and he's got hands and he's confident. And I think he's a good teammate. Um, you know, he'll say and do kind of funny things. And I don't know if you remember when he was at Notre Dame, he scored on this touchdown and he thought he was jumping into Notre Dame's band and he was jumping into Michigan State's band. <laughs> and they just kind of parted the ways and he ended up on these folding chairs and almost killed himself. <laughs> and then he had the whole whole incident that. with the Maple Bar Donuts in Seattle um, where he kind of accidentally broke into a donut shop in his apartment building and and they had to fix that. But he's, he's a funny kid and... Uh, He's got the personality to survive in New York. I mean, he can deal with the scrutiny and the criticism. Sure. And I don't think he'll get a lot because I think he'll he'll do a really good job and be productive. Now, Eric. Now, now look at it. When you think about who he's kind of replacing, it's not fair comparison, but uh, I think he'll do well. I have to ask you about the two kickers. I got Jeff Fields here, and if there's two oh, kickers on the list, I got to ask you about the punter Tyler Newsom and the kicker Justin Yoon. Um, are these guys NFL prospects? Are they draftable? Or are these going to be priority free agents for teams? Eric, tell me a little bit about these two specialists. I think Newsom might be. I think they'll both be priority free agents. Tyler Newsom is an amazing kid. He was one of their captains. It's hard for a punter to be be a captain, mm-hmm. and that's what his teammates thought of him. He has a great leg. What he doesn't do well is place the ball. You know, a lot of times you'll be on the 50-yard line and just punts it into the end zone. I'm sure he's trying to get it, but he's not one of those guys that can kind of trickle it between the five and the goal line. It just hasn't happened for him. But in terms of big leg, good athlete, catches the ball well, you'd love Tyler Newsom. Um, Justin Yoon. He's the most accurate kicker in Notre Dame history. He's also the leading scorer in Notre Dame history. He's kind of a little guy, um, very mentally tough. I used to play hockey when he was uh, a youngster. Um, the the knock on Justin is he didn't kick off a lot in college. He did toward the end of the season because the the designated kickoff guy was having trouble with placing the ball. So. I mean, if all he's going to do is place kick for you, is that enough in the NFL? You know, um, he again, he's a smaller guy, so will he get kind of get worn down over a season? He had some fatigue and injury issues at certain times, and yet whenever Notre Dame needed him, he was there for big kick. So I like Justin Yoon a lot. I think somebody's going to sign him, and he'll probably stick. Eric, great stuff. We really appreciate the time you, today. Uh, best of luck covering spring football, and we'll catch up with you next year. Yep, thank you. Sounds great. Thanks for having me on. Hey, You're thanks welcome. for being with us. Have Eric Hansen one. does a great job covering Notre Dame football for the South Bend Tribune. And, folks, what I like about some of our regulars that come on, they'll give you the real deal. Like, he was critical of some of these guys, but in yeah. a fair way. So you know you're getting both sides of it, which is why we like to have some of these guys from these schools on. You know, like and they know their guys. I mean, I, they're around them every day. How the hell else are we going to find out about Dexter Williams and his mom and that mm-hmm. sort of stuff? I yeah. mean, it, it's and it's great. Yeah, I just I had to throw the golden tater because I figured he knows a little bit more about him than you and I know about. Sure, him, so. I, 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 I have to look up what happened with the maple donut shop now. <laughs> I hadn't heard about good. that before. Yeah, I know me either. Uh, maybe we shouldn't have brought that up, but who knows? No. Who I'm sure it's public knowledge. Yeah, whatever. I mean, it's happened. What, I mean, what is that? Ten years ago now? Who cares? Yeah, I'm sure you yeah. can laugh about it now. Of course. Next yeah. time we see him, why don't you bring it up with him and, and okay. see how he reacts? Okay. Yeah. All right. I'll try yeah. to do that. Two oh one. We got ten more minutes, folks. <laughs> Get on the line. We'll try to take some of your calls at two oh one nine three nine four five one three. It's all presented by Coors Light. Download the Coors Light Rewards app to an amazing Giants prizes. Let's go to Len in Columbia, Maryland, who held on through the interview. Len, we appreciate it. What's up? Uh, good. Yeah, everything's good, John. Jeff, good to, right. good to talk to you. You too. Um, John, I'm going to differ with you just a little bit here. You know, one of the things I like about, and it's a really a great time of the year, uh, draft year, that is, when yep. you start talking to these folks on the campuses. And um, what, what I like about those interviews, and there's been some really some good ones, um, it, is the positive nature of them. I'm starting to transition and starting to look at these guys in the draft now 
from a positive standpoint, what can they do for my team? I'm kind of leaving. I'm kind of leaving the weaknesses behind, and I'm, I'm moving forward. And I'm starting to think which of these guys can do the most for our team. That's fair. And that's 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 just where I am in this in this whole thing, John. Um, uh, you, you first, to the first caller where you were talking, where you you laid Eli's numbers out there, and you say, "Was it a good year?" And I thought it was a a good year. I, you know, I'd like to see a little better numbers, though, John. More touchdowns. And I'm a big Eli fan. I'd like to see 45 to 4,600. I'd like to see 25 touchdown passes. Len, honestly, and, Len, know, Len. Holding it, holding it to 10 interceptions, although 11 wasn't very bad. I, I, I think his, his interception rate was, was actually quite low amongst all quarterbacks. Yeah, Len, quite, honestly, yeah, quite Len, low amongst all quarterbacks. Len, I'm fine with I think his... most people were higher than him. Can't win. Yeah, no, Len, Len honestly. Was... Yeah, go ahead. I'm yeah, sorry. No, that's okay. Go ahead. I'm fine with his completion percentage and his yardage totals. I just need 25-plus touchdowns. If he could add yeah, five yeah, or six yeah, to I seven so. touchdowns, yeah. I'd be fine with those numbers. Absolutely. Yeah, and I think he's going to push that um, easily. I think the first half of the season has got to be, uh, you know, where, where he does that. And I think it's going to be a lot better this year. I mean, last year was like extended spring training. I mean, we're going all the way up to game eight and changing two or three players a week. So I think it's going to be a little different scenario now that things have settled down a little bit. Um, I just can't see us going quarterback at 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 six. Uh, you know, when you ran through all the um, all the weaknesses on the team, all the things that we need to cover in this in this draft and in what's remaining of free agency. Um, geez, I I just can't see. I know it's best player available, but I just can't see quarterback being one of those. You know, let's just just leave it alone. Let's ride Eli. Uh, let's fix those other positions, particularly along the offensive line. Uh, you know, the frustrating thing for me: how long have we been talking about this offensive line? There's only one spot left. There's only one spot left, Len. You fix them. You yeah. only right tackle. Slowly. Everything else you're good with. Yeah. Well, I, let me let me say one thing. Uh, one of the center. things I liked about the Oklahoma guy that you had on. Yeah. And this goes back about three weeks. He was very good. Of course, there's a lot of players there. Holy oh, cow! Yeah. <laughs> there's been a lot of guys out this year, but he seemed to have a um, appreciation for the center position <laughs> in the modern NFL. He did. Yes. And and I and I kind of like that. Yeah, I kind of like that. He kind of spelled it out a little bit as to what the he felt he needed, and they had a and apparently they had a guy there. I can't pull back the name, but there was a guy who they thought, you know, he thought was going to play well in the NFL. I looked that up. Um, so I think we need, uh, you know, we, we got to fill that we got to fill that right tackle spot. We, I mean, there's just you know no no ifs ands and buts about it. But I I, th- I think quarterback as a priority is down the line. I just I think it is. Let's, I mean let's let's ride this guy, um, and let's you know win some games, a few more than we did last year. Thank you, Len. Uh, thanks, Len. Okay. Yeah. Hey, thanks for taking Appreciate my it. call. Drew Samia is the guy he's talking about, by the way, who actually played guard and a little tackle at Oklahoma, but they think he can move in and play center. But we didn't really play center much in Oklahoma. I think they most teams see him more uh, as a as a guard coming out of college. Let's think about this. Yeah. So going going from free agency, mm-hmm. you know, moving forward, free agency is pretty much over. I mean, to the point where the marquee guys, right? The first two waves are over. Now you're and now teams probably aren't going to do much right. until after the draft. Yeah, they, and they'll see who they draft, and then if they still have holes, then they'll go back to the free. You know, how much market. money they have left? This kind sure. of stuff. Then, then we have to start looking at the draft, okay? Or actually looking at your, your current roster and who your positions are at right tackle, who your guys are. you got to believe that the Giants are going to go and get somebody at that right tackle position in this draft because it completes them. It completes it. Unless there's somehow somebody out there in free agency that they feel good about, but... Is there a post-June I don't know. 1 guy? Remember, just, there aren't really any post-June 1 guys anymore because you can cut them with that designation. And still, like, yeah. And so, then they're available now, so... So that just kind of points... There, there's got to be. And I and I tell you, I, I, I'd like... If they're not going to go... I, what you said earlier makes sense to me. Edge, offensive lineman, trade. That would be amazing. Okay. I want, and we kind of talked about this last week, and we got five, four minutes left. So I think it's a good time to have a quick discussion about this before we say goodbye. Goodbye. The quarterback situation, okay? And we've been through this a million times. But if there's a guy you believe is your franchise quarterback, I don't care if you have Eli on their contract for you, you take him. And Dave Gettleman has said that too. 
It's the most important position you have to fill. If you think the guy is there, that's great. That's right. Just from a value perspective, Jeff, I'm going to give you I know an ability to rank four different moves, okay? Here are your four potential moves. Trade up to one to take Kyler Murray. No. And you should rank these one through four. Best value. Trade up to one to get Kyler Murray. Select Dwayne Haskins at six. Select Drew Locke or Daniel Jones at 17. Or trade your second round pick plus maybe another small asset for Josh Rosen. Rank those for me, in your opinion, what your preference order would be. Four goes to one. What? The fourth one, Rosen. Is my fr- I'm ranking that. Oh, the oh first okay, one. I got you. Okay, so Rosen's okay, number yeah. one. Rosen's- you just started throwing numbers. At you. you confused the hell out of me. <laughs> no, okay, because we're, we're talking about value yep. here. Okay, so Rosen's Rosen is one. on his rookie contract. The mm-hmm. Cardinals have already paid him his bonus money. Yes. Okay, mm-hmm. he has a year of experience in the National Football League. See, now a lot of people think it's like, oh, it's a negative. You're only getting him for four years. But I'm like, no, you're not getting him for his bad year when he's learning everything. Perfect. So I don't mind that. Yeah. So I think yeah. that makes sense to me. Okay. Um, I think that if, because the word if, I say if you think that that quarterback is there, then obviously number four is not, you know, that it, it, you're not going. I think this is the most practical one okay. if, you, if you're going to look for that. Okay? And, and you think it's the best value bang for your buck? I, I do. Okay. I do. Mm-hmm. Uh, Drew Locke. I, I, or Jones. Take your pick. Either of those two, I think, have moved up a little bit because they're pro days. And I just the more talk as we talk, as Dan has always said, this, you know, they, they move around, all, all kinds of stuff. But from a value standpoint, I don't see either one of those guys at in the top. I'll take the, the 17th pick maybe, maybe with the 17th well, pick. Well, here, here's, here's my question. Would you rather have Haskins at 6? No. Or Jones or Locke at 17? And Haskins is gone, obviously. Of to course. somewhere else? Yeah, yeah. Haskins is going to be there at 17. have to pick a quarterback at 17? Well, I'm telling you, would you rather? what do you think is better value? Would you rather have... Haskins with the sixth pick, or would you rather have Jones or Locke with the seventeenth pick? I would probably rather have Jones or um, Locke at the seventeenth pick because I think see I'm the opposite because I think there's more. This team needs more value ahead of the quarterback position right now defensively. What and I my order would be, and I agree with you. I think that's fair. But I, and I just don't know how the team feels about these other guys. You know, if I if, we, if I had the grades on them coming well, from, geez, it would be so. Simple. How do you how do you, what do you what do you think about them though? I, well, first of all, they're going to sit behind Eli for a year. Sure, all these guys are going to help. That's going to help them. Okay, mm-hmm. so I mean, that's where I think. Okay, I would have Rosen as my one two. So you and I are good there. I'm with you on that. I would probably have Haskins at six second. Yes. I'd have. Can I tell you why I'm not? I didn't go there. I just don't feel that there's enough sample for for Haskins. I know he had a great year. I think that's a fair point. But I just don't. I don't know enough about him. I wish he played. Had played t- another year. The way he improved over the course of the season made me feel better about it. Okay, he I'll looked give like you that. a much better player okay. in the final three games yeah. than he did in his first yeah. three games, and his, that made me feel a lot better about it. If I was drafting the kid that I saw on October fifteenth, I'd be really concerned. But I like the kid I saw in those final three. And games. And I like his acumen for football. He's a smart dude, so he'll be able to get in and out of plays, as Dan alluded to on on Friday. Just, and I, those are the good things. You I see feel him. good about him representing the franchise from a from a personality sure, perspective. Sure. Sure. All okay. that stuff. Yep. I think he'd be great in that So that situation. would be your second one. Yes, my third one would be trading up for Murray. Only yeah. because... Yeah, we're looked, discounting him a little bit. If I'm picking a quarterback, I want the best one. And if you find the franchise quarterback, there's no price that's too big to go and get that guy. Yeah, and I just don't... I, this is just me. Man. I just don't feel like... I know he's a great athlete. I know he's... But, man, what happens if he has a bad year and things just don't go well and all of a sudden he just well, wants to leave? That's and why I'm going to go play football, baseball. I think that's a, I think that and NFL teams have to judge that, which is why that's third on my list. And then fourth, I have Locke and Jones. I'm just not sure mm. how confident I am that those guys reach you know elite quarterback level. I think taking the personality completely out of it, I think Locke is a good personality. But in terms of on the field stuff, I see some Jay Cutler and Drew Locke. That's a good point. He kind of throws off his back foot, yeah. big time arm, Slinger. can make all the throws. Like one play, you'll be like, "Oh my god, this guy's the right. best quarterback ever." Yeah. The next play, you're like, "What in 
God's green earth was he doing? And we've talked about Daniel Jones. He's going to get you in every right position. He's going right. to throw the 10 to 15 yard balls. But, They're going to be completion But is he going to miss some throws down the field just because he's not super duper talented? Yeah, and, he, and, and he's not good against a lot of rush. And so, like, I'm afraid if you draft Daniel Jones, you're maxing yourself out at Andy Dalton level quarterback play. And Andy Dalton's not a bad quarterback now. He's a fine quarterback. He led the Bengals to the playoffs, what, six straight years? I actually like that comparison because it's a little bit, you know, he's not that. He can move a little bit. Yeah, but he's good. He's a good quarterback. But do you want, do you want Andy Dalton? No, I don't want Andy Dalton. I want Eli Manning esque. I want a guy that's going to play for 15 years and is going to take you to two Super Bowls, and I just don't know if those guys are there. Which is why I would lean towards Locke over Jones just because I think if he figures it out, well, the high-end level play is there if he can somehow make that a more consistent feature of his game. And in this game today, you need that type of player. Yeah, right, exactly. You know, I mean, you look at Mahomes. That, that's a guy that you get it because well, he can just sling it everywhere. And he's got the arm to do it, and that's that's Drew Locke. So. And again, Pat Sherman knows a lot more about quarterback play than I do. So does Dave Gettleman and Chris Pettit. If they believe these guys can be those high-level quarterbacks, by all means, pick them at 17, and I'll yield to their expertise, obviously. But I'm going on my, you know, very yeoman's look at this thing, you know, non-professional eye, and, and that's what I see. So it is. Can what I it ask is. you a quick question before we go? Yes. So, so this Rosen thing, it's going to have to come down sooner or later because when you're going into the draft, you're going to have to understand who's your who these picks are, or does it happen? Does it happen draft day? I, I think it happens before then. It has to. I think it'll be done by the weekend before the draft. If it happens at all, if it's not done by the weekend before the draft, I don't think it's going to happen. Okay. And I think the eighth, April 8th, which is when Arizona reports is a, is a day to pay attention to also. I think Charles Robinson made a good point on that. I think it's a day to really watch carefully to see whether or not Josh Rosen's there. If he's not there, I think you have a pretty good idea that he's something's going to happen. He's leaving. Correct. <laughs> Jeff, good stuff. Good stuff, Johnny. Thank we'll you, buddy. see you next week. Thanks yep. for joining us Thanks on Big Blue Kickoff Live. In. Tomorrow, we have Paul Dottino and a special guest host, Giants wide receiver, Doom. Amani Toomer. Nice. We'll be with you on Big Blue Kickoff Live, and they'll be taking your calls at 201-939-4513. It was all presented by Coors Light. Download the Coors Light Rewards app to an amazing Giants prizes. We'll see you tomorrow at noon on Giants.com. Enjoy the rest of your night. Thank you, guys.